Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where we highlight people and organizations who are doing great things and making a big impact in our community. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. Now, you may have noticed various Ellen Becker Investment Group billboards around town on 94, going out to Madison, Highway 16, out to Lake Country, downtown to the North Shore, and other places. We know that they're an effective medium to build awareness and to get an important message across, and they've certainly been very effective for us. You may also have seen another billboard around town that's being used to bring awareness to a very real problem here in our state. It's a billboard that will appear at various locations around Waukesha, Milwaukee, and Washington counties each week through the end of October, and has actually made it to Times Square in New York. The verbiage across the front of the billboard says, Fentanyl, America's new F-word. And it features faces of Wisconsin young adults who lost their lives too soon. My first guest today is going to tell us more of the story behind this billboard. Welcome to the show today, Lori Badura from SOFA, which is an acronym for Saving Others for Archie. Around the state of Wisconsin and across our nation, Saving Others for Archie, or SOFA, raises awareness by connecting the dots between the tragic epidemic of substance use disorder and fentanyl poisoning. So thanks for being here today, Lori. Thank you so much, Jill, and thank you to the EIG group for inviting us today. I'm just thrilled um, to be here, and yes, your billboards are wonderful. I did notice them coming in. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, for the third year in a row, Milwaukee County is on pace to set a record for drug overdose deaths. About 80% of the 613 fatal overdoses last year in Milwaukee County involved fentanyl. In Wisconsin alone, fentanyl overdose deaths grew by 97 percent from 2019 to 2021. Now, this is not just a local or a state issue. Last year, there were over 100,000 overdose deaths nationwide, a nearly 30 percent increase from the previous year, the large majority attributable to illicit fentanyl. Fentanyl poisoning is killing over 300 people a day which is like having a 9-11 situation every two weeks. You're all too familiar with these statistics, aren't you, Lori? We've Unfortunately, been, yes. Yes. You've, you've actually been fighting to make people aware of them and the very real problem we're experiencing here in our state as well as across the country. So if you, uh, I know that it's difficult um, every time you share, but I think it's important for our audience to understand why is this fight so important to you? It is difficult and thank you again for, for being here. But it's important for this message to be heard and I'm here today to share. I have two beautiful boys Archie and Augie, and a wonderful husband. And on the grim warning of May fifteenth, two 2014, our life completely changed. Our 19-year-old fatally overdosed by fentanyl poisoning. It was laced with an illicit substance. 
when we received that call. I just, I can't even explain what it was like um, other than my heart was ripped in half. And I tried to go backwards in time and do somersaults, do anything to believe that this can't be happening. That's not my child. It's not how our family story is going to go. And um, seeing your child in a, in a body bag is not anything that I think any parent should have to do. And um, as much as I wanted to run away and stay in my bed for the rest of, really, for a long time, I just remember that fatal day, so many people coming and visiting and telling me, it's okay. You know, he had asthma, he had some other things. We can, we don't necessarily have to say what really happened here. And I got one or more message of that throughout the day. And the more I heard it, the angrier I got. And I thought, no, not in this beautiful little town that I live in that's nestled in the heart of Lake Country. I'm going to get on the top of my roof and I'm going to shout the words overdose, death. At the time, I didn't know it was laced with fentanyl. But I was so angry because I didn't want to be that mother or that family that had to do this. But I decided I needed to be a voice for other families and other parents that unfortunately might have to go through what I was going through. And at that time, I really had no clue what these next eight years were going to look like or be like. And I had hoped it would just be a blimp in two years and just be over with and not be something that I would have to go on and on and talk about. But my husband and my son, Augie, who was two years younger than Archie, we clammed together and decided that that we would, as a group, do Saving Others for Archie. I had a, a beautiful folder that I had in my briefcase that I carried around for the years that he, he struggled starting his freshman year with um, substance use. And really, he was marijuana was his, his drug of choice, and he thought it was great for ADHD. And a lot of people thought, boy, you know, it's not a bad thing. You know, a lot of kids use pot. Well, I didn't. This was not the type of child. You know, if he had a bag of Skittles at age three, the bag would be gone. So I knew that this kind of um, this kind of drug for him would not be something that would be a recreational use. And I tell you, those years of high school were not easy, and it was like hanging on to a freight train. Yeah. And it really wasn't until after he graduated high school that the the illicit drugs because we didn't he didn't want anything to do with it so he ended up using and um using somebody else's pills and the next thing when those pills run out they get whatever's on the street and mm -hmm. eventually got him mm -hmm. i'm so sorry i mean i cannot even thank you i cannot even imagine um it's been eight years since you lost your 19-year-old son, Archie. How have things changed since then? I know they have, but share with us 
what parents should be aware of? Well, unfortunately, like I said, I I didn't want to have to be doing awareness campaigns and prevention campaigns. Um, Here I am eight years later. It is so much worse. It is, you know, I found out that it was fentanyl that was laced with the substance that killed um, my son. And in 2014, that was unheard of. That was the beginning, really, of fentanyl coming into this country um, illegally. Um, So I cannot believe where we're at. In 2014 till today, it upsets me in the worst way because it feels like so many people have worked so hard to make this drug epidemic, you know, be better. And it's way worse. And I believe that there's several reasons why it is. Well, you had... I have to say that I was not aware of a lot of these things that you shared with me. Like, you know, again, the um, the increased stats, um, the increased potency. You had mentioned that it's hard to detect, to see, to taste, to smell. You, you mentioned yes. that two grains of salt, two grains of salt is enough to kill someone. Right. For example, I mean, you can have the lethal dose of fentanyl is really two milligrams which is like five grains of sand. So it's the meaning that one tablespoon is enough to kill 2,000 people. Mm. So think about that. One tablespoon is enough to kill, I mean, one teaspoon is enough to kill 2,000 people. Um, you know, all of us working on the front lines know that it also takes now one pill to kill because what they're doing is putting fentanyl into counterfeit and pharmaceutical um, fake pills is what it's called, counterfeit drugs. And that is really why we are where we are right now, because people think they're taking, you know, a prescription drug that they maybe got online, an Ambien, you know, some type of a sleep pill, an Adderall to study with, and they're fake pills. And they are laced with fentanyl. And I'm telling you, I tell my son, do not even take an Advil from anybody. Yeah. Do not. It's that dangerous right now. And if I can get this across to anybody with this interview, it's that. Be very safe with what you're taking. Yeah. I mean, it's. I'm, I'm thankful that you are here today to build awareness because, unfortunately, there's many, including me, that are not aware of some of these things. Right. And if we can share it and get it out there... You parents can be talking to your children. Um, you can just be raising awareness wherever you go to talk about these things. I mean, um, trying to get it out of your house—that's one thing. If you have extra drugs that you you have taken for pain or back pain or or some kind of a tooth extraction, remove it from the house and remove it safely. The common fake pills include oxycodone, hydrocodone, um, Xanax and um, Adderall and Ritalin. So those are Mm. the ones that are coming in the fake drugs. And again, those are common names. Um, Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we return, Lori's going to share the different things SOFA does to offer support and how they're bringing awareness right here in Wisconsin. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. 
Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking today with Lori Bedura from SOFA, Saving Others for Archie, which is a grassroots organization determined to create clever awareness campaigns and events that bring about true impact and change on this opioid fentanyl epidemic sweeping the nation. So, Lori, what are some different ways that you offer support? We're really a unique organization, and that makes me happy because we're always looking for unmet needs. I think when somebody thinks of SOFA, they think right away of the jump for Archie. Um, On the day of his Christian burial, it was a 90-degree day in May, you know, that, that week of May, and it was unbelievably hot and we ended up jumping in the water raising our hands to the heavens and said we're going to jump for Archie jump for life and each year we host this big event and people come and jump all over um, people that are firefighters and people that are in recovery we do recovery jump we do all different kinds of jumps and we make it just a wonderful day of awareness and it's been very popular throughout the state so I've done that year after year I also do um, something called the 988 5k which is a mental health and suicide awareness run that we're doing that we had our second annual so we do that every year and then we also have host something called the um, recovery softball um, tournament and that is a day that we host just we celebrate um, recovery for everybody that's working on the front end and anybody that is in recovery and it is the most wonderful day we do that every September for um, for recovery month and then the other thing I'm so proud of that I do is the grief um, the grief companion. I am a grief companion. I work with my partnering organization called Healing Hearts. And the second Tuesday of the month um, at six o'clock, we have a session called Honoring Your Grieving Heart. And um, you just need to get in touch with um, Healing Hearts or SOFA to find out information on that. You can always go to my website, www.savingothersforarchie.com. But it is a great way for adults to talk about their grief together. And it's grief of any kind of loss. It doesn't Mm. matter what kind of loss you've had. That's wonderful, coming together to support each other in that way. Yep. I understand SOFA partnered with Love Logan and a California-based group called Song for Charlie, which are two other nonprofits that were started because those families experienced the same tragedy your family experienced. And now you're teaming up to save lives and spread awareness on this pervasive problem. And you're using a billboard in part to do this, right? Tell us about that. Yes, it's a really amazing campaign. It's cool because my husband came up with the tagline, which was um, fentanyl is America's new F word. And he talked about it last May. And here it became a reality when Aaron um, from the Love Logan Foundation came with came with me with about 17 faces that she was trying to put a billboard together and she partnered with SOFA. We were the answer to their prayers to get it up and running. And um, these parents, it was so important for them to also have a part. So the Wisconsin billboard is all Wisconsin faces. And it has been, I think, such an important message because it has a hashtag of just know. So that will take you to the DEA's you know, website and you can learn more about it. You can go also to the SOFA website and learn more about it. But mainly, people want should know, say, what is the F word? What is it? So we're hoping that 
people will know what fentanyl is because it's killing so many people. When you think of 300 people a day or a 9-11 every two weeks, as you said earlier, that should put us all, stop us in our tracks and say, yes. what are we doing as a country? We need to seriously think about what we're doing at the, in the country because I'm sorry the way policies and, and things are going right now. I just feel like this is a bipartisan issue that we should be coming through our elected officials together to make it stop. And ever since the borders have been open, I have to say this, this war with fentanyl, it's, it's terrible because we don't know. It's pouring in, and now it's flooding in. And it's every single state. It doesn't matter where you live. It's here. Yeah. And now talking about other states, this what's exciting, um, I mean, the billboard in and of itself is really exciting. But yep. now it's reached Times Square in New York, right? Yes, yes, yes. We're so excited. We were, we were, we were lucky enough to have a billboard company say they're sick of the loss and the deaths in New York of fentanyl and that there's been nothing like it in Times Square. They invited our billboard to be there at a, a cost we couldn't pass up. And so we are there to the end of October, right in Times Square where the ball drops. It's incredible. And the Love Logan Foundation, as well as um, Song for Charlie, partnered with us on that. And we brought all the faces from Wisconsin with us. Most of them were there. And it is something else to see it in Times Square. So since then, we have, um, I believe, five to six different states that have reached out to us about how they can have the um, fentanyls, the new America's F word, in their state. So that is what my drive is right now, is to get every single county, every single state, get the billboards up. We need to do this. Yeah. It doesn't end here. We have to get the message out and the uh, awareness. Absolutely. Well, tell us how we can all help spread this important or and uh, urgent message. What what can we do? What can we share with, what can you share with our audience? Well, the most important thing is, number one, talk to your children, talk to your family, talk to your loved ones, and get the message across the dangers of fentanyl. If you've heard one thing today, just about your own prescription drugs, be careful, don't borrow anything from anybody, and, and, um, and really talk to talk to your your doctor and just get the information you need. But we're trying to get this campaign off. Um, it ends at the end of October. I'm hoping that some you know big philanthropic somebody that's in it really hears our message or that people will just go to the sofa website and donate to the billboard fund. But um, anybody, each county, I've actually had counties reach out to us and say, we're ready. We, we want the billboard to continue. So there's several counties right now in Wisconsin that are doing that, elected officials saying, let's keep it going. We don't want it to stop. There's several sheriff organizations that are doing that. So if you're an organization that has the means and the will or some, some type of, um, I don't even care if it's a business, a corporation, let's, let's save our, our, not only youth, because this is this is everybody. There's yeah. several different ages. The biggest age group that is dying in America right now is between the ages of 17 and 55 mm. um, for this. So we just need to pull together, but would love to have organizations contact me and say, I'm in. How can we get the billboard going? You know, and especially in New York, too, I want to keep it going in New York. That one ends, and I'd love to be there. They've offered us the same price at the end of October, and I'm praying that somebody will will come forward and say, let's do it. We can do it and partner with us. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, let's keep the awareness going. Keep sharing what you've learned here today. And if you want more information, 
uh, Lori, share the website one more time. Absolutely. It is um, Saving Others for Archie at www.savingothersforarchie.com. Um, please visit and please also follow us on our Facebook at Sofa Today. And, you know, we are, uh, we're all about, we're all, we're, we're hope and, and there's hope, and that's our biggest thing. We want to, I believe that we have a great mission, and together we can make a difference. We can save lives. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for being here today Thank you. and sharing your story and all the things that you're doing so that other people don't have to experience what you experienced. I appreciate it, Jill. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome. Obviously, Lori has been a major proponent for for helping to get the word out about this and other very real challenges that people in families are facing locally and nationally. And we all know that when you collaborate with someone that supports and extends your mission, then it's all the more effective, right? Stay tuned to hear from a fiscal partner that Lori works with that leads the way in providing recovery and sober living homes and is working hard to bring hope to others. So don't go away and we'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. And my next guest today is Ryan Rehak, Director of Community Engagement for Project Wishope. Project Wish Hope is a 501c3 peer-run recovery community organization whose mission is to provide resources, education, advocacy, and peer support to Wisconsin's recovery community members, including those directly impacted by addiction and mental health conditions. So welcome to the show today, Ryan. Hi, Jill. Thank you so much for having us, and uh, thank you to Ellen Becker as well. We're excited to be here. You're welcome. Well, I'm excited to have you here. I know it's a tough thing to talk about, but it's something that um, it needs to be discussed so that we can bring solutions to the table, right? Um, why don't you start by telling us your story, Ryan? Why why are you involved with, with Project WIS Hope? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I'm very blessed to know Lori and to know her story. Um, and I, you know, think about the fact that I'm really only a few months older than her son, Archie. And everybody's story could end so differently. I, you know, grew up only struggling with addiction, um, whether that been food addiction or, um, you know, getting into alcohol, getting into other drugs. And it was just really something that I never had control over. Um, and it really started to develop and to get worse. And when you, you know, I was in high school, I was in college, and those things kind of kept growing, and I didn't know where to go. I didn't really know what those resources looked like, and I felt really alone in that. Um, and the depression and the anxiety and all of that just builds up, and, and you just you find yourself in this dark hole, and you don't, you don't know how to get out of it. You know what you're doing is wrong. You know you're not being yourself, but there, just, there doesn't seem to be a solution. Um, and so that's kind of the, the tunnel that I fell into for a long time. And um, this past January, I was, things were really dark for me. I was, you know, hitting one of my worst points. I was drinking more than ever. I was, you know, trying drugs and other things that I hadn't done before. And I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I didn't have hope. I didn't, I didn't see a way to get out. And so I didn't want to live anymore. I couldn't live like that. Um, and I, tr I tried to end my life with alcohol. I, you know, I, I didn't go to work one day. I shut my phone off and I just, I tried to drink myself to death because mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. Um, I'm very blessed that my dad happened to come and find me. 
Um, he and my husband got me into a treatment facility, and I, I've grown and I've learned so much since then, and I'm happily eight months sober now that mm-hmm. this is airing, and and I just think about how differently that could have gone, and yeah. if, if there weren't resources, you know, how that could go, and so I, I'm honored that now I'm in a situation that, you know, I can help other people find those resources. Yeah, well, we're glad you're here. Glad that your dad was there to, to help you. Thank I mean, you. that's... You know, it's not it's it's something that some of our listeners are going to really identify with, right? And and so we want people to know that there is hope. Um, why don't you give us a little bit of history? Um, what innovative evidence-based programs and services do you guys provide to meet the needs of our Wisconsin families and our communities? Sure. So Project with Hope um, has been around since 2016, and there's such a wide variety of care and support and treatment that we are able to offer. Um, first and foremost, just being that we run a 24-7 you know, peer support crisis hotline. Um, anybody that's looking for support or needs that help can call 1-844-WISHOPE at any time. Um, you know, and we're collecting 11 to 12,000 calls per year to that line and being able to offer them the support they need. Um, well, you know, whether that's people that have a friend or a loved one that needs support, whether that's, you know, parents that, you know, are trying to figure out the next steps, whether that's somebody who, you know, is ready to get the help but doesn't know what that looks like. Um, and so that's where we start and we're able to kind of point them in a lot of directions. Uh, one of the big things we do is you run a couple of recovery community centers, and these are all peer support runs, so a lot of those people have the training. A lot of them have been in recovery themselves, and they were able to offer counseling, were able to offer job placement and support, were able to offer clothing and and furniture and things to help them get back on their feet. Um, we're able to offer different 12-step meetings and different recovery-based meetings um, and really just be a center and be a place for those people that are trying to get that support. Okay. And didn't you, I think your website shows that so far you've helped like close to 1,500 individuals, which is wonderful. Um, And then you have uh, recovery housing and you have recovery training and coaching. So how does uh, Project WIS Hope help those in recovery with housing? Yeah, absolutely. So like we said, there's about 1,500 people that have gone through with some of those peer services. Um, but over 2,000 people have gone through our recovery housing programs. And so, you know, we really believe in like a whole person approach to recovery, that it's not just the addiction, but it's the co-occurring mental disorders and it's the substance abuse and it's the family situation and it's monetary and there's so many factors. And so we really try to, you know, come at, attack it at all different angles. So we currently run three different sober living homes. We have two group homes, a male home and a female home um, that are, you know, really structured and really focused on that support, on that medication management, on that counseling, on those services, you know, really helping people at the beginning of their recovery journey. And then we're also lucky to run a beautiful 24-apartment unit building called the Recovery Village. And that's a great transitional living service So for people that have started to go through our program. They're ready for a little bit more responsibility, a little bit more freedom. You know, they can have a place to call their own. They can have a home. Um, and in that place, they can find work again. They can find joy in life again. They can really find that hope. And we can get them ready to go and live, you know, fulfilling and enriched lives. Hmm. Wow, that's that's something. And in addition to Waukesha, you have one in Wapaka or in, the, in that area? So the community centers, yes. We've got one in Waukesha and one in Wapaka. We'll have another one opening in Janesville. Okay. Um, all of our housing is currently in Waukesha County. Okay. Wow. Well, you've got a number of different options there. Yes. Um, what are some other things that WISHOPE provides to those in recovery? 
Yeah, so we offer the daytime counseling services. You know, like I mentioned, we offer free furniture and clothing to people in recovery. Um, we offer different like overdose training, Narcan training, fentanyl test strips, um, those group support meetings in the community centers and other places. We offer peer resource counselors, um, different fun sober activities. Um, I think Lori had mentioned earlier some events like the softball that we team up with them. Um, we do a really fun event with the Addiction Resource Council called Roarin' for Recovery, which is an event at the zoo celebrating recovery um, and really just try to be a source for all of those people in recovery yeah everybody needs needs some someone to walk alongside them and help them go through their challenge and then also be there for them in their successes too right absolutely yeah well we're going to take a quick break but when we return we're going to learn more about how project hope project with hope is making a difference through their training and coaching programs so stay tuned and we'll be right back Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking in this last segment with Ryan Rehak from Project Wishope. So, Ryan, what are WISHOPE's education programs like? Yeah, it's a really interesting program because a lot of people that are in recovery, you know, once, once they're on that other side, they really want to be able to give back and to help other people through that journey. That's something that I've learned a lot, you know, in my own recovery. And so WISHOPE offers a variety of different trainings and educational resources in order to do that. Um, we actually run the Wisconsin International Credentials and Reciprocity Consortium. Wow, that's a mouthful. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the WICRC. Okay, little, little that's bit easier. Shorter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Um, but what that is, is that takes, you know, the training into an international level that you can oh. come, you can get your training, you can get credentialed here, and then you can go anywhere in the world and that'll be accepted because oh, wow. this isn't just a problem in Wisconsin, right. you know. Right. Um, but through our programs, you know, you can get accredited to be a substance abuse counselor, a peer resource counselor, a preventative specialist, a peer coach. There's so many different ways that you can learn and you can give back. And as we've continued to grow and we've continued to have so much success in people coming through our program and wanting to help others, we're really building that. Um, later this year, we're going to be launching um, an online program so that people can work with us through an online school coaching and get accredited in those things as well. Wonderful. And uh, I think also your website shows that you have almost 100 graduates in yes. the coaching area. Exactly. And once we're able to expand that with the online, we just expect that to soar. Absolutely. Wow, that's great. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, how does WIS Hope financially support all of this work that you do? I mean, it's a topic, the, the, the fundraising question that comes up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some people like talking about it, others, others don't. But the, the reality is that you can't do what you do without funds to support it, right? So um, how do you support how, how do you look for support? Exactly. You know, we're a nonprofit and we're, we're serving, you know, a, a basis. 80% of the people that we work with come from low to moderate income homes. And so, you know, we, we need the money and we need the support in order to help them. Um, and I think of the 2,000 people that have gone through our housing program, about 160 of them have gotten a full ride scholarship in order to stay with us mm. because, you know, we don't want to turn anyone away. No matter your financial situation, like everybody deserves that chance to get the help and support. 
And so, you know, we work really hard on our campaigns and on our fundraising efforts to get that support. Um, we currently run a, a really fun campaign called There's No Place Like Home. And so that's helping us secure some funding for our sober living communities, um, helping us update the spaces, helping us, you know, make better and more cohesive meeting rooms and community spaces. At one of our homes, we're going to be adding a memorial garden that residents will be able to tend to. But again, all of those things cost money. And mm-hmm. so we do, you know, a lot of different monthly fundraisers and events, a lot of outreach, um, a lot of like crowdfunding and just, you know, getting the support from everyone in the community. At least two thirds of people in Wisconsin either, you know, have dealt with addiction or substance abuse themselves or know somebody who have. And so this is a problem that's really touching everybody and a problem that everybody can pitch in and help. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a pervasive problem uh, locally nationally globally right you know it's it's not uh it's not it's no small task but like you said with everybody pitching in everybody can do something we're going to start to see some progress right yes um so there are other organizations that provide services similar to what you do what what would you say sets project with hope apart from from all the others yeah there are other organizations and that's great because you know every organization combined that we have in wisconsin still isn't enough you know there's so much help and aid that's needed and so you know we just want to be a leader and work with those other organizations and you know kind of spread the word and just add more beds to all of our living communities um Our leader, uh, Peter Brunzel, executive director, he himself has over 28 years of recovery, and Mm. he serves on so many different boards and committees and different organizations. And he is really, I think, in the state of Wisconsin, one of the most well-educated and, like, well-known just champions of recovery. And so for all of us to kind of be able to work, you know, beside him and underneath him is, you know, a really strong point. We really believe in that idea of the whole person approach to recovery that we're, you know, we're looking at the co-occurring mental disorders. We're not just doing the traditional treatment. You know, we're also helping with those day-to-day things. We're also helping your family. We're really individualizing that care for you that you're not going to be able to get, you know, like a bigger facility because, you know, you're working with all of us and we're working with you. And we want to make sure that the plan that we have is what's going to help you be successful. Okay. All right. Well, if somebody wants to learn more where should they go to to get more information? Absolutely. So again, if somebody is in need of support or aid, 24-7, they can call our hotline at 1-844-WISHOPE, W-I-S-H-O-P-E. Otherwise, you can visit us at wishope.org, or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias as well. Okay. Uh well, I have about one minute left, Ryan, and I'm I'm curious if, uh, for those listening, um, how would you sum up all of the things that you talked about today? If you could leave one small tidbit of information with our listening audience, what might that be? I think that I would really just say, you know, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter your drug of choice, no matter, you know, how far gone you think it is, no matter how bad you're feeling or how many problems have built up, you're not alone and there is a way out. There is support from organizations like Wis Hope, like SOFA and so many others. And all you need to do is just speak up and say, I need help and we're here for you. Mm, very well said. 
Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank uh, both of my guests today, Lori Badura from SOFA, Saving Others for Archie, and Ryan Rehak from Project WIS Hope. Uh, thank you both for the work that you do to bring awareness to and advocacy for the substance abuse community and the ways that you support them through your programming and your events and your campaigns. So thank you both for being here today and participating in the interview. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today or if you would like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to making our community a great place. You can tune in to News Talk 1130 on your radio or you can go to newstalk1130.com on your computer or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. I encourage everyone to visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows. And you can now listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. My challenge today or my call to action would be to decide how you want to provide help, hope, and support for others in some way whether that's through advocacy, volunteering of your time and or your talents, or by donating. I'm sure that anything you do will be appreciated. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Thanks for listening and have a great day.